Quicklink podcast at the Tour of Britain is brought to you by quicklinksports.com. Hello, dearly beloved friends of Quicklink. Um, it's nice to be back. Um, I had a nice chat with Gray last week <clears throat> while we were preparing our um, Rainer Foundation a to Z of racing tactics. So hopefully some of you will get a chance to listen to that. And and um, when it's released, please do consider buying one. I can say that the podcast and I don't get a single penny of it, and all that money is going to be going to the Rainer Foundation. So do check it out and um, follow Quicklink Podcast on socials for when that is released. I thought I'd just check in with you because I'm going to be doing a few little um, voice memos to you all this week during the AJ Bell. I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on message. The AJ Bell Tour of Britain, which is the new name for the Tour of Britain, um, starting this week. I'm actually being driven. I'm pleased to say, so I'm not driving. Uh, being driven right now down to um, the race start in Penzance, and I'm going to be on the mic at the finishes uh, for all eight stages, all the way from Cornwall, all the way up to Aberdeen, where it finishes next Sunday. So this being our national tour for the men, of course. I'm going to check in with you guys a little bit and uh, hopefully give you a bit of an insight into what's going on out there, uh, both during and after some of the stages if I can. Do forgive me if some of it is recorded whilst on the move, but I'll see if I can seek out some little snippets of information and share them with our quick link audience. Um, and I know Gray is going to try and relay some of them. There'll be an awful lot of waffles, so I'm sure it'll be uh, cut back a little bit. Um, hope to see lots of you out on the road if you are there. Um, quick link listeners do give us a wave I'll be either down at roadside at the finish line itself or up in the commentary box um, overlooking the finish so come and say hi send me a, a tweet at Jez Cox if you want me to share anything uh, maybe on the mic or you've got any predictions of stage finishes go for it on that front as well and um, do get out and enjoy the Tour of Britain it's uh, just go and look it up uh, tourofbritain.co.uk online uh, to check out the whole route as it goes through Wales and then through the Midlands <clears throat> up to the borders and the final two stages in Scotland as well. Um, the Cornwall stage, the Devon stage is going to be really exciting. Team time trial in uh, South Wales and then up to the, the um, Queen stage, the, the uh, hilltop finish, mountain top finish on the Great Orm. That's going to be really exciting as well. So hope to see lots of you there and I'll do my best to fill you in on some little snippets along the way. Hello guys, it's Jez here checking in from Bodmin. I'm here for the, of course, um, opening stage of the returning Tour of Britain, or as it is now, the AJ Bell Tour of Britain as of this week. So we've nearly had two years out, of course, without the race. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of insight for our quickly uh, podcast listeners. I'm sat in the commentary box overlooking the finishing line. It is Sunday morning, a quarter to ten, and the finishing touches are being put to the, the uh, finishing straight itself with all the advertising hoardings and what have you being laid out. We've got about an hour until the uh, stage departs in Penzance. And the riders today taking in, he says quickly skirting back down through the, uh, <laughs> the road book, 180 kilometres. And um, it's a stage which takes in, it's the first time by the way, the Tour of Britain has been to Cornwall. And it's taking in all of the best bits, really, starting right down in Penzance. And in a way, it kind of today's stage sort of makes the whole of this week's AJ Bell Tour of Britain um, like a professional lands end to John O'Groats, because it starts right down there at the bottom hook of Cornwall in Penzance, makes its way right the way over to the Southwest Coast Path, of course. Um, three categorised climbs, and it zigzagged its way all the way up through Cornwall. Uh, and they are on Zena, Rosewall Hill, and Old Carnan Hill, all third cat climbs but pretty lumpy, and then an uphill finish, but draggy, I'm looking at it as I speak to you right now, um, in Bodmin. I think it could come down to a big bunch finish. So people were thinking it might split up a bit earlier than that. It's not particularly windy here in Cornwall this morning, so the prediction I'm gonna run with is big bunch sprint finish, nicely controlled uh, run in to Bodmin by De Koenig Quickstep, and a Mark Cavendish win. Cav, of course, is the winningest rider in uh, the modern era of the Tour of Britain, with, what has it got, 11 stages? So that's my prediction for stage one today. By the time we wrap things up this evening, 
Mark Cavendish will be in the dark blue and red, brand new AJ Bell overall race leader's jersey for the Tour of Britain. Let's see. I'll check in with you later. Well, um, regulars for the Tour of Britain will recognise the music maybe playing in the background if you can hear it, but uh, what a stage finish. I'm actually sat up in the box now looking down at the crowd starting to disperse in the Cornish sunshine here in Bodmin. What a brilliant stage. Five rider breakaway, uh, three British riders in it. And uh, in the end, it was Ollie Stockwell, the uh, young British rider who lives just down the road from me, actually, in, in uh, St Albans. Hails from there originally before he's moved up to be with the Academy in Manchester. But great ride by him, the last of those to stay out there. Along the way, Jacob Scott, who's bringing up points in the King of the Mountains and the Iceberg Sprints classification. And just seeing the jersey presentations, he's actually wearing both those jerseys. So uh, a great ride by Jacob Scott again in the Tour of Britain. But in the end, coming to the line, the breakaway caught Ollie Stockwell, the last of those to be caught. And in the end, coming up towards the line, Julian Alaphilippe being led out by De Koenig Quickstep. Mark Cavendish doing massive long turns, in actual fact, for, for Alaphilippe. In the end, Alaphilippe jumped, but had Wout van Aert in his Belgian national champions jersey right on his wheel. And in the end, once van Aert came off Alaphilippe's wheel, that was it. He opened up for the line, and it really was all over. Great finish by Niels Ickhoff of Team DSM. You'll remember him as the young rider who won the under-23 uh, world championships. Uh, in uh, Yorkshire of course before being demoted for having had a bit of sticky hand car action shall we say uh, but a brilliant ride by him and, uh, and also a great ride by Ethan Hayter in fourth Rory Townsend in fifth as well so two British riders really applying themselves well amongst the best sprinters uh, in the world actually right there so brilliant ride by the Brits great first day to the tour and tomorrow we're off to Devon to head between Sherford and Exeter it's the greatest elevation game of gain I should say of all eight stages so I will report back tomorrow both before and after the stage and I hope you enjoy it on TV tonight 8pm guys as well if you do get a chance to see it take care speak soon bye morning everyone morning everyone stage two from Sherford to Exeter of the AJ Bell Tour of Britain and we're here in Devon. Uh, I'm talking to you from my commentary point overlooking the finish line. It is quarter to ten in the morning. Uh, race is due to start at 11 rolling out of Sherford and this is the stage that has the greatest elevation gain of all eight stages as well. Three second cat climbs of Street, Rundleston and Warren House Inn and they basically the biggest of those come as they cross Dartmoor because the riders start uh, down near Plymouth basically, Sherford is on the outskirts of Plymouth, make their way eastwards over in the direction of Dartmouth, right along the coast there uh, through Slapton Sands, which I was learning a little bit about today, anyway, maybe even more on that at the finish, um, and then the riders go northwards through Ivy Bridge, they hit Dartmoor, along the edge of Dartmoor and they go right the way across the middle of it to bring them to Exeter, this I don't think is going to be a large group sprint finish like we had yesterday with Wout van Aert taking the win of stage one. Um, particularly with those two second cat climbs coming within the last, what is that, 50k, Rundleston and Warren House in, but in between them there's loads and loads of jagged climbs. Looks like a really good day for the breakaway or a very, very select group coming into the finish. Um, I think De Koenig Quickstep are going to want to try and make good for yesterday and I think Julien Alaphilippe is a really, really good pick for a reduced leading group sprint win from this group. However, if Wout van Aert is going to defend that uh, dark blue leader's jersey that he's now wearing today, he'll need to be in that group. Of course, as you know, Wout van Aert is easily capable of winning any of these stages, so it's probably easier for you to sit and pick the Wout van Aert win every single day. Let's see. I'll check back in with you after the finish. Anyway, just to say, it's a lovely, lovely sunny day here in Devon. So, uh, you know, I might see some quick link listeners at the finish, maybe. Give us a give us a wave if you're here or let me know on socials at Cox. Have a great Monday, everyone. Ah, so I thought I would quickly record the second half of my podcast for the day. I hope you enjoyed my preview this morning. Um, I can't remember what I said, really, as to whether I even got it right. But in the end, it was the day of the breakaway. Uh, five riders. I'm talking to you, by the way, from uh, literally right next to the... Uh, the uh, the finish. It's been a roasting hot day in Devon, really hot in Exeter today, uh, particularly at the finish line. My commentary point up in the, the box overlooking the finish line was like a So I've left there and found some shady, um, cool space in the hotel just directly opposite. But the race is only finished literally about 40 minutes ago. Sherford to Exeter, stage two, 183.
184 in fact kilometers and uh, in the end the, the stage dominated by a uh, five-man breakaway just as yesterday's was and once again just like on stage one in, in Cornwall three British riders this time Will Berg Bergfeldt the uh, rider from Somerset the oldest rider in the race at, and, uh, at nearly 43 years of age so just a little bit ever so slightly younger than me um, and uh, the other riders in there hang on a minute let me look at my, <laughs> me look at my list Jacob Scott of course was in there once again uh, and Leon Mazzone as well the brand new signing as of about a week ago for St. Piran team um, once again just like yesterday it was um, Steve Lampier from St. Piran who attacked first he then looked like he was away in the breakaway that breakaway was caught and then the second group rolled over the top of him and that second group was the one that stuck it had in it as I say Leon Mazzoni Jacob Scott who was hoovering up points of course in the King of the Mountains and the uh, Iceberg Sprints competition as well uh, a fascinating rider in uh, the Brazilian Nicholas Sessler of the Global Six cycling team Robin Carpenter of the United States and uh, representing of course Rally Pro Cycling and as I said Will Belkfeld as well so five riders three Brits and in the end basically as they headed towards Dartmoor that started to whittle down a bit only three riders left then only two riders the final two riders remaining as they were crossing Dartmoor itself was uh, Jacob Scott and Robin Carpenter so a British rider and an American rider and in the end sensing a bit of sort of weakness from Jacob Scott Robin Carpenter pressed on and in the end had a minute's lead as he came into the finish in Exeter all by himself um, and uh, finished ahead of a, a leading pe a peloton led in by Ethan Hayter of course of Ineos Grenadiers I said I was stumbling I'm getting a bit tired you notice that <laughs> Ethan Hayter won the bunch sprint uh, and uh, had a brilliant ride just ahead of Alex Peters actually Alex Peters finished just behind him riding for Swift Carbon Pro Cycling so two British riders second and third but a new race leader and a stage winner in the American Robin Carpenter and he looked really good a rider who's 29 years of age now um, from Philadelphia he's raced well he's raced entirely for American based domestic teams throughout his professional racing career and he got the big one today holding off everyone and winning by around about a minute I haven't seen the final gap at the moment let me check it right now uh, oh actually in the end the gap much more than I thought Ethan Hayter 33 seconds behind him come the line <clears throat> he went under the K to go with about 1 minute 20 so losing a little bit of time celebrating coming to the finish but just enough to get the uh, general classification overall so going into uh, tomorrow's stage the team time trial and that could be decisive in this of course Wout van Aert goes into that in second place 22 seconds down Ethan Hayter of Ineos Grenadiers 26 seconds down so crucially in terms of thinking about the team time trial tomorrow Robin Carpenter's rally team rally cycling team are going to have to really go for it in Carmarthenshire tomorrow to try and hold on to that race lead for him because the riders in second third and fourth on general classification are Wout van Aert of Team Yombo Visma Ethan Hayter of Ineos Grenadiers and Gonzalo Serrano who's been sprinting really well of the Movistar team so listen to the might of those teams Rally Cycling is going to have to hold off a 22 second charge from Jumbo Visma 26 seconds back are Ineos Grenadiers and 28 seconds back are Movistar it could be a big shake up tomorrow as a result of those team time trials I'll see you tomorrow I'll give you a bit of a preview once we're in Wales in Carmarthenshire tomorrow for that 18 and a bit kilometer team time trial I'll give you my prediction right now, having seen the last two days. I think the winning team is going to be Yabo Visma. Obvious, isn't it? See you tomorrow. Good morning, everyone. Well, if you can hear it in the background, the banging tunes in the background can mean only one thing. I'm back in my commentary position, overlooking, as I look out the window right now, gloriously sunny National Botanic Garden of Wales here in South Wales. Um, and we're at the finish of stage three the team time trial. Uh, second time we've had a team time trial in the modern era of the Tour of Britain and uh, the last time we did it was on top of Winlatter Pass in the Lake District. Winners on that occasion, Team Yumbo Visma. Hmm, ominous. Um, I've been in my commentary point here for about 40 minutes or so. The first team I saw coming through doing their uh, practice recon Team Yumbo Visma. So watch out for Wout Van Aert's team looking to try and get that jersey back for him because if you didn't catch up with it yesterday, yesterday was a bit of a surprise. There were an awful lot of people saying that once Wout Van Aert had taken the AJ Bell Tour of Britain leaders jersey after winning stage one, that would be it and he'd hold it all the way through. But yesterday, it really was one of those examples of this being the year of the breakaway because 
Once again, five riders, three Brits in there, just as we had on day one, and again, just one remaining rider coming towards the finish. But Robin Carpenter, the American rider riding for Rally Cycling, took off by himself with about 25k to go and did a storming ride. Even under around about 1500 meters to go, he still had about a minute. By the line, he had 33 seconds um, yesterday. But what a ride by him. He goes in today's team time trial uh, with a lead of just 22 seconds over Wout Van Aert, who's in second place, ominously. Ethan Hayter winning the bunch sprint yesterday for second, sits in third for the Ineos Grenadiers. Really, really good uh, ride by him. Looking so good for the overall this week as well. Um, today, it's, uh, as I say, only 18.1k, but an awful lot can happen between the teams in a team time trial over 18.1k. It will be a miracle if the rally cycling team uh, keep Robin Carpenter in the jersey, because I say, um, well, Manart is only 22 seconds down, and, and strong and good as the rally cycling team are, Jumbo Visma are a real specialist at this. And of course, they have the likes of Tony Martin and Wout Van Aert himself, and all the others as well, who will be pulling really hard today. So it's going to be a fascinating stage. Very lumpy, by the way, just to give you that little tip and inside line. I've driven the last 7k or so in my Skoda, making my way in here to the finish, and I think it's even lumpier than people realise, and technical too. Lots of twisty, windy roads and ups and downs running back into the um, National Botanic Garden of Wales here as well. It's a beautiful location. We're enjoying. A heat wave, as I know lots of you are as well, um, particularly in Wales. We've got two set for two glorious days, and we finish it off tomorrow, of course, by sitting on top of the uh, the Great Orm overlooking Clondudno. Um, I'll check back in with you later and let you know how things roll. The first team off is at five past one this afternoon, and that's St. Pyrrhon. And uh, the last team off will be the team of the leader's jersey, and that is Rally Cycling, the American team. My pick for the day, I think the top three teams will be Team Jumbo Visma, Ineos Grenadiers in second, and third, oh, Team DSM. They've got some firefire in there. I think Team DSM will come third. Um, the team that I think will do the surprise right today, Great Britain team. Ethan Vernon, Ollie Stockwell, Will Tibble from uh, Exeter, of course, local lad from Exeter. Max Rushby, uh, Rob Donaldson and Reese Britton. I think the GB team will be top five in this. They're a well-drilled unit and a lot of trackies in there too. Let's see. I'll check back in with you later. Have a great day, guys. Well, there we have it. It's Tuesday afternoon. You can tell from the music in the background that once again I'm recording just after the podium presentations from stage three of the AJ Bell Tour of Britain. And uh, in the end, a team time trial in which the World Tour teams have, as I predicted, bubbled up to the very top of things. Let's check it out, though. I'll give you the result now and then talk you through a little bit of what went on. This is provisional, by the way, because it's just happened. But uh, Ineos Grenadiers taking the win ahead of De Koenig Quickstep, but so close between those two, 10 or so, 10 or so seconds between them. i work out the maths myself. Team Jumbo Visma also really close. Those three teams so close. Ineos the Koenig Quickstep and Jumbo Visma. Now, Jumbo Visma, I think, could have won this one were it not for a mechanical for their fourth counting rider. I think, I still haven't checked this, I think it was George Bennett, but their fourth counting rider started pointing down at his pedal or his rear tyre, one of the two, and by the, by the way, the time you hear this, you've probably seen the up-close shots on TV and you'll know, but I'm talking about it live as it happened, and uh, I'm still not entirely sure what it was, but whatever it was... Actually, I can tell you who the rider was. It was Pascal Enkorn, I thought so. The tall the Dutch rider, Pascal Enkorn, pointing down at his back yeah. wheel. And uh, I think he probably had a, a, a rapidly softening tyre, just as the three riders came in. Wout van Aert was one of those three riders, but the, the effect of them having to slow up just before the line to allow Pascal Enkorn to get back on uh, meant that in the end... They weren't the team that uh, they weren't the team that was going to win, as uh, many people have predicted. And in the end, Team Jumbo Visma finishing in third ahead of Israel Startup Nation and Team DSM. Worth pointing out, by the way, for a long time, River Well Type Pro Cycling were not just on the podium but sitting in the hot seats as well. So a great ride by the British team, just ahead of Trinity Racing in ninth. But in the end of the day, Ineos Grenadiers, our winning team on the day, and young Ethan Hater becomes the first British race leader since Steve Cummings, no, no, no less. And Steve Cummings, of course, is one of their two DSs alongside Brett Lancaster. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed my updates today. I will check in with you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Good morning. I hope you've uh, enjoyed my 
insight. Hopefully I've given you live from the AJ Bell Tour of Britain this week and the view from where I'm sitting in the, my commentary box at the moment is absolutely incredible because we're in North Wales now for stage four running from Abareron to the Great Wall. Uh, a summit finish today and this is without doubt according to all of our previews the Queen stage. It's a long one as well in excess of 200k and it takes in an awful lot of climbing to finish on top of uh, the Great Orm. I'm actually looking out the window and uh, the, well I can't even, I won't be able to do it any kind of justice because it's absolutely incredible as I look out my commentary point. Uh, I'm here with Stephen Edwards who is uh, our resident Welsh speaker. Say hi Steve. No, I meant in Welsh. Oh, for <laughs> Come on, for Have you learned nothing? Anyway, sorry. We have um, we have we have constant banter between the two of us. He's he's a educatingly ignorant Englishman, which is my role I play on these things. Of course, I can speak Welsh fluently, but I have, I'm contractually obliged to pretend to Steve that I can't speak Welsh, and he has to tell me how to do it. <laughs> anyway, um, that's obviously not true. So. The uh, finished gantry currently being put into place, it's 11 minutes past 9, in just over about an hour or so's time the riders will be rolling out of Aberiron and uh, we have a new race leader after yesterday because Ethan Hayter, the British rider from uh, South London, out of the BCL of course, is our new race leader because Ineos Grenadiers were the winners of our Carmarthenshire team time trial yesterday down in South Wales, just 17 seconds ahead of De Koenig Quickstep and 20 seconds ahead of Jumbo Visma who uh, had a really frustrating final puncture, it looked like a puncture, I still don't know, I think it was a puncture, Pascal Enkhorn was their fourth rider and therefore their last counter, or their most important counter for their team in the team time trial and he had a puncture with about 1500 metres to go in the run into the finish there uh, in the Botanical Garden so that one definitely costing Jumbo Visma a bit because they were having to hold back for him and wait for him to catch up as they came towards the line. Either way though, I'll take nothing away from them. It was an amazing ride by the British team, the world's number one team in the Oxford years. So on to today, I'll try and give you a bit of um, insight. Um, despite who comes to the base of Marine Drive and then uh, the last two climbs of Marine Drive and the Great Orm, there's some really, really steep kickers. There's some ramps in there that I've, actually I haven't looked. They've got to be somewhere around about 16, 17%, something like that. They're well in excess of 10%. The average gradient of um, Marine Drive actually is just under 10% anyway. Uh, they're really steep climbs. They come at the end of an awful lot of climbing anyway today. The wind is blowing in the direction in which the riders are coming, so I think that will be helpful. Um, today's also the day on the AJ Bell Tour of Britain where we expect the weather to start to change. By tonight, this very hot weather that we've got in Wales is going to start to blow over. So I think the stages we have in uh, the north of England and the Midlands, and we cross the Pennines the next two days, are going to be quite a bit cooler and possibly even a few splatters of rain before we head to Scotland at the weekend. Um, my pick for today, let me look at my start list that I don't have in front of me. Um, there's riders who haven't shown themselves too much so far in this race. I'm going to grab my start list because, uh, of course, I'm immaculately prepared. I'm just thinking about this one. Um, this is going to be a day four. I'm going to predict it like this, and this is how it's going to happen. I'll tell you who the top three will be on the stage. The winner is going to be Dan Martin. Ireland's Dan Martin for Israel's Startup Nation. I think he's uh, he really wants to sign off. I'm pretty certain that a stage win in this is last AJ Bell Tour of Britain. So I think Dan Martin is going to win, bursting away using one of those steep sections on the final climb up here, probably from a leading group, uh, and that leading group will still contain Wout van Aert and Ethan Hayter. Wout van Aert and Ethan Hayter will be watching each other, thinking about the general classification. Dan Martin will be bobbing around behind them and will just kick off on one of the little steep sections in the run up to the top of the Great Wall. Now that I predicted it, that won't happen at all and neither of those riders will be involved. But anyway, I'll stick my neck out. Have a great day, guys. I'll check in with you later on and let you know what really happened.
kilometres to go. The riders are on Marine Drive. They're eating up this climb. And I have to say, actually, at the moment, still staying very much together. Look at that beautiful shot. If you've not seen the circular anti-clockwise road that takes in the Great Orm called Marine Drive, you're getting a look at it now. Epic scenery after an incredible run of nearly 130 miles to bring the riders to this point. And it's Ineos Grenadiers who are shredding the front end bringing it down now to one long line up Marine Drive. Don't forget, this is the big build-up, folks, to the hard left onto Great Orm that's going to take them to the finish where we are right now. They will eat up these final eight kilometres quicker than you'd expect. Is he working hard for himself, though, for the team or somebody else behind him to push later on? Uh, this, this build is, uh, is all about uh, trying to draw the blue jersey clear. Ethan Hayter is the fourth rider in line. Ineos Grenadiers have the first three places. Ethan Hayter is the fourth. But look at that. On the wheel of Ethan Hayter, the world champion, Julian Alaphilly, King Julian, ready to pounce. It has to be said, actually, in a head-to-head -head sprint between Julian Alaphilippe and Ethan Hayter, it's going to be very close. But don't forget, Ethan Hayter, the last road stage we had uh, when we finished in uh, Devon two days ago, it was Ethan Hayter who won the bunch sprint. He is sprinting that well, but as you can see, climbing remarkably well too. Three things are just the legs exactly the same. Three of them. Well, we saw it yesterday from Minios Grenadiers where they were our team time trial winners. Well, today they're doing exactly the same thing on Marine Drive. Metronomic pace setting and the relentless laying down of what? Ethan Hayter looks so good looking at Nick's screen if you've not seen it. The blue jersey, the dark blue jersey with the red sleeves of our race leader. Ethan Hayter looks in sparkling form. He's on the radio as well. He's on the radio maybe to his teammates. He'll be giving them instructions, Steve. So he's sitting fourth white wheel. And Ethan Hayter will be literally telling Michal Kwiatkowski and his teammates, Owen Duhl and others, up it, down it, ease it off. We're going a bit too deep and controlling things. Ineos Grenadiers, the world's number one team, and uh, the winner of yesterday's team time trial looking to control things. But here comes the Koning Quickstep, Tim de Klerk, the big Belgian, broad shoulders, Alex Peters on the right-hand side as well, the Swift Carbon Pro Cycling rider, making his big comeback to racing at this level, having been formerly a Team Sky rider. And look in the middle of your shot, every now and again you'll see the, bo the bobbing white jersey of the world champion, Julian Alaphilippe, he's tucked in, ready to pounce. We haven't seen him do anything yet, which have taken Julian Alaphilippe into top gear. Attack from the front, one of the Movistar riders going clear. Owen Duhl has swung off and almost as soon as he does, this looks like Jorgensen actually to me. This looks like it might be the, uh, the American rider, Matteo Jorgensen, yes it is. So, a rider that a lot of people had picked for the overall this week, the Movistar rider, the American, Matteo Jorgensen, getting a massive gap so quickly as well at that stage. So they're still on the anti-clockwise loop around the Great Orm here. And Matteo Jorgensen, the American, has taken a flyer. At the moment, Ineos Grenadiers not really reacting to that, continuing to do what we've seen them do in the old Team Sky mold, and it's Michal Kwiatkowski doing exactly that bringing their leader to the top. An American, and the Americans, let's not forget, have had a brilliant um, AJ Bell Tour of Britain so far with uh, Robin Carpenter winning the stage into Devon and holding the lead. Don't tell me we're gonna get yet another American winner of a stage. Jorgensen is fully committed. He won't look back, I don't think. He's solo, Steve, by himself. Eight seconds, the gap that's being given to Matteo Jorgensen of Movistar. He's one of their young talents, only 22 years of age, but look at the gap that Jorgensen's got already. If there is any hesitation behind Steve, I often say in my commentary that breakaways, and particularly solo breakaways, are, are a combination of the brute force of the individual, but then hesitation behind. Jorgensen has just gone through the, uh, the top of the climb point there as well. So he will take maximum points on the second category climb of Marine Drive. We have one first category climb yet to go today, and this is the one we sit right on top of, the climb of Great Orm. The riders are gonna come back down off Marine Drive now, a little bit of a descent, quite a fast one, narrow with rocky uh, walls on either side of them, so they'll need to be careful. 
and then they're taking that very hard left-hander that lots of you, or all of you, have seen already, unless you parachuted in here to start the final ascent of Great Orm. To go till the finish in the great tour. So I'm going to hand you over now for the last 5k to Jess to do his work. Steve, thank you so much. A big thank you to Stephen Edwards for all of his Welsh language input and everything, his insightful questions and probing of our assumed knowledge within our great sport. We are looking down on one rider that we've not even seen this week. He's been tucked in and hidden. Gonzalo Serrano, his uh, teammate, his Spanish teammate on the Movistar team, was sprinting particularly well, taking third place on stage one. But now we look at another Movistar rider. We've seen him having a good stage today because it was Marc Soler who bridged across to our breakaway originally. Soler reabsorbed and now Matteo Jorgensen, the 22-year-old American, has gone clear. And he is holding off the might of Ineos Grenadiers right now. Our main field, one line. They have... Just uh, just over 4K to go in actual fact now. I can't help but think there's still an awful lot more to happen. The final dice are still in the hand, I feel. There's riders in here who haven't yet licked the touch paper. Where are the yellow jerseys of Jumbo Visma? Well, there they are. That looks like possibly Pascal Enkorn, who is bringing up the Belgian champion, Wout van Aert. You can see the colours of the Belgian champion on the other side of the screen as you look at it. I do hope you're all seeing a big screen right now because it's going to give you a really good indication of where the riders are. Uh, by the way, I'm going to point out to those who are still within earshot, we are watching a slightly delayed picture. So we mustn't get caught out here because what you're seeing on the screen is ever so slightly delayed from what's happening in real life. We'll be looking for the riders as they start the climb of Great Dawn. There won't be too much of a delay, but there is a slight one just to give you that warning in case we uh, get it ever so slightly wrong. It's a matter of seconds though. Ineos Grenadiers, the world's number one team. The British team, of course. Big, big turn done by Wales' own Owen Dool to try and bring this one back. But Jorgensen has flown, properly flown. He currently sits in 14th position on general classification. He's only 1 minute 14 down. This will do him no end of good, of course, if he can stay away. One of the things you can be sure of when you have a solo rider in a lone late breakaway like this, there won't be any hesitation. If he was with one other rider, they would start to look at each other and expect a bit of help, flicking at the elbows, both holding back. He will hold nothing back. The American Matteo Jorgensen is fully committed to this now. If he gets caught, he'll be absolutely done. Looking up to the top of the shot there to see where Jorgensen is. You can see the visual gap for yourselves. He has one camera motorbike for company. Come on, get your hands on the board, you can hear the music. I know you're watching the racing, but we need the riders to hear the noises they're coming up here. Yes! Come on, louder! You need the music to help to make sense of something. Inside three kilometers to go, 2.5k to go. The riders now preparing to turn left onto the Great Orm. We're nearly there, we're so ready to bring to a conclusion the Queen stage of this AJ Bell Tour of Britain. Riders nervously moving up because I tell you, once they've taken that left-hander, it's all over. King Julian tucked in, fourth back, the world champion's jersey, the rainbow bands in clear vision. But so, of course, are those three bands, the tricolor of the Belgian champion. Wout van Aert tucked in on the wheel of uh, Pascal Enkorn there. And it's uh, Declining Quickstep who are moving up in good number two. Eve Lampart, the last of those left on the front. Looks to me like uh, Mikel Honore, the, the Danish rider, is just ahead of Julian Alaphilippe. I've got a sneaking suspicion here that the uh, world champion is ready to launch. Here we go. Left-hander, right sweeping turn, and then the tight turn onto the climb of Great Orm. Here we go. The rider's on the lower slopes. Bang! Look at that. Immediately, the greater takes its toll. Watch very closely. Watch very closely. This is George Bennett, the Kiwi national champion. He's the last remaining teammate for Wout van Aert. We've got some missiles here that have not launched yet, but they're very much ready. Wout van Aert's second wheel. Julia Alaphilippe, the world champion, sits fourth and then tucked in behind him. I think I can see Mike Woods there. The white top to his jersey. There is one Alperson Felix rider as well. I'm looking to see the number. George Bennett, the Kiwi champion, 
is doing his final turns. Juliana Philippe looks round. Oh my goodness, how cool does Wout Van Aert look? He is ice cold right now and has just 1,600 metres to go. How easy is Wout Van Aert making this climb look? Look at that. Nearly every other rider is out of the saddle. Wout Van Aert seated. The Belgian champion is seated and driving his way up here. I suspect now they've just got about 1,200 metres to go before we see them on the line. George Bennett six back down, Wout Van Aert on his wheel. I can see the race leader in there, Ethan Hayter, left-hand side of his screen. He looks good too. Yet to see Julien Alaphilippe break the front of this one. The world champion's jersey on the uh, left. That looks like Michael Woods, the Canadian rider attacking on the right-hand side of the road. He's gone hard up against the tram tracks. Mike Woods... The Canadian rider for Israel's startup nation there playing his card. The winner will come from the group you see in front of you right now. Michael Woods of Canada, Wout Van Aert of Belgium, and I think that's Mikel Honoré is the other um, Ducanic Quickstep rider there, still just in front of Julien Alaphilippe. Now that is a foil. Julien Alaphilippe still has a teammate there in the leading group. That is Mike Woods. Michael Woods, the Canadian, kicking hard now. Kicking hard, but taking with him Wout Van Aert. Julien Alaphilippe just behind him. We start looking back down the hill because they are inside a kilometre to go now. It's a sharp right, but it's You watch Michael Woods kicking hard. Some Muppet running alongside with a beer in his hand. Hope he doesn't get hit. Wout Van Aert tucked in on his wheel. Mike Woods, the Canadian, kicking really hard for the line now. Julian Alaphilippe having to work hard. If anything, it looks like he goes the world champion. Julian Alaphilippe goes hard on the left of the road and he's dropped Wout Van Aert. Wout Van Aert, the Belgian champion, is distance. We're seeing an absolute demonstration of power here by two of the best climbers in the race. Julian Al Wout Van Aert coming back though. Don't expect it to be all over just yet. The rider with the best sprint in this group we know as they cross the cattle grid is Wout Van Aert. Julian Alaphilippe, the world champion. The Canadian, Mike Woods, going again. And on the back of them, ominously, Wout Van Aert, the Belgian champion, ready, ready to launch his sprint. He's ridden so cleverly since the base of this final climb. Who's it going to be? The winner will come from these three. Michael Woods, Wout Van Aert, and the world champion, Julien Alaphilippe. We see the leading motorbikes coming through now. Any moment now, we will see them on the line here on top of Great Tour. Make sure I hear them with a the noise coming. Don't let us down up here. And here we go, the sound building. We're looking for the jersey to see whether it's the world champion, the Belgian champion, or the Canadian champion, Michael Woods of Israel's startup nation. One of those three is going to take a summit win in this year's AJ Bell Tour of Britain. Well inside the final kilometre now. Remember, slight delay in our TV pictures, so we watch the big screen. Julian Alaphilippe sits second wheel, and they've managed to get Wout Van Aert on the front. So Van Aert maybe isn't where he needs to be, or where he wants to be. Mike Woods is sprinting very well, though, but yet he was right up there. Here we go, Michael Woods starting to react first. Alaphilippe on his wheel, and Wout Van Aert still seated, keeping, it, uh, keeping Alaphilippe boxed in, if anything. We can just see them now coming into view. Oh, oh, regrouping. We've got a regrouping. Ethan Hayter. Ethan Hayter comes. And one of the Dakota Quickstep riders going to the line now. Wout Van Aert reacts. Where did Ethan Hayter come from? He's come from nowhere. They're open to the line right now. Here we go. Shooting out of people on one side. And it's going to be a victory for Wout Van Aert just ahead of Julia Alaphilippe. Dan Martin! Dan Martin on the right-hand side. And our race leader, Ethan Hayter. What an incredible finale. Wout Van Aert and Julia Alaphilippe, the two riders that so many people picked as being potential winners today. And they turn across the top of Great Orm. And I have to say, Wales, they can't help but thinking, what on earth was that we just climbed? This is a beast of a summit finish. Julian Alaphilippe, we're seeing it on our slow-mo now. Wout Van Aert came up on his right-hand side. So close. Alaphilippe could have closed the door but didn't because he started his sprint. 
and Wout Van Aert coming up the right-hand side of the road. Winner of the Queen stage, the Belgian national champion, Wout Van Aert, just ahead of Julian Alaphilippe. Van Aert, folks, in case you've not seen it on the big screen, has collapsed onto the floor in utter exhaustion at this Queen stage of the AJ Bell Tour of Britain. What a finale. Once again, we bring the race to Wales, and once again, Wales brings itself to the race. Morning all, quick preview of stage five from Alderley Park to Warrington, the Cheshire stage. We're back in England uh, for the first time since we've spent the last two days in Wales, of course. We had the team time trial in Carmarthenshire and yesterday a summit finish on top of the Great Orme. What an incredible finish. I hope you got a chance to watch it back on ITV4 last night. Um, so close between Wout Van Aert and uh, Julian Alaphilippe yesterday. Mike Woods as well gave it a really, really good dig. So three of the strongest climbers in the race there coming together on the finishing line. Very quick preview of today's stage because I'm running slightly behind a little bit. Um, just so you're aware, the rider's taking in 152k and uh, finishing in Warrington. Where I'm speaking to you from right now, it's a bit cloudier here than it's been so far in this tour. We've had a lot of sunshine and looking out right now, um, the park in Warrington outside the Golden Gates here look absolutely amazing. Here's my prediction for the day because I know Gray will give you a full rundown of what's going on. I think this could be our first proper bunch sprint finish. There's a third cat and two, a third cat, second cat, and a third cat climb to come to bring them to the line. So it's actually not that much in terms of breaking the riders up. I think it could all come back together once they've descended Bakestone Road through Adlington. Let me share this one with you guys. This is what I found hilarious. This, this is how much we've returned to England today. The three classified climbs yesterday in Wales as they rode into Andernau. Buchenbach. Edeswell, uh, Marine Drive, and then uh, the Great Orm in Landodno. Okay, very Welsh. Listen to these for English mountain tops. Blackie Bank, Bottom of the Oven is our second climb, and Bakestone Dale Road, one of those classic English names where you just add three words together and make one out of it. Blackie Bank, Bottom of the Oven, I kind of wish there was another one after it called Back of the Net, but there isn't. They descend down to Macclesfield and they climb Bakestone Dale Road. So um, I don't think those three are that tough enough to really break things up. I think we could have a bunch sprint finish. Mark Cavendish ahead of... Ooh, Mark Cavendish just pipping Ethan Hayter on the line. How about that? I'll check in with you later and see what's really happened. Probably not that. Bye-bye. Huh, stage five complete. So that was the Cheshire stage from Alderley Park on the edge of Alderley Edge to Warrington and properly back in England today after all my Welsh pronunciations and mangling of Welsh place names yesterday um, right back in England I think I introduced the climbs too earlier Blackie Bank, Bottom of the Oven and Bakestone Dale Road once again a breakaway of five riders um, I'm looking back at my, <laughs> my notes to remember who they were um, let's have a look, there we go Leon Mazzoni, Dan Bigham, Chris Blevins, Jacob Scott, and Nicholas Zukowski. Um, Bigham looked like he was swinging, Dan Bigham, um, for a while, but then just basically started getting stronger and stronger, and in the end, he was the last man out there. He attacked the, the final three remaining, who were Leon Mazzoni, Chris Blevins of the USA, and Team Trinity Racing, and um, Nicholas Zukowski. Jacob Scott eased up a little bit with a, with, a, with a fair way to go, having hoovered up all the points anyway, maybe saving himself for tomorrow's stage where he'll no doubt be in the breakaway again because Jacob Scott was in the breakaway again as he has been every single day other than team time trial so far. What a ride by him. I'll tell you something, <clears throat> there's a number of riders, British riders, particularly in this race, who really should be being looked at by World Tour teams and, and Jacob Scott is one of them. I mean, obviously in a World Tour team he wouldn't get the freedom to do what he does here on a daily basis and he'd probably be used in a completely different way. However, just showing how strong and consistent he is. Um, great rider, great rider and a great ride by him. Anyway, let's get on to the finish because you'll be itching to know who actually won. In the end, the breakaway was caught very near the end. It was only with about, uh, what was it, 6K to go, something like that. Then Ineos Grenadiers came to the fore and started trying to control things. Up until that point, they'd been all De Kerning quick step. And at the back of the De Kerning quick step string was Mark Cavendish being pulled along. And it looked, everything looked like being a Mark Cavendish win. De Kerning quick step protecting him perfectly. Julien Alaphilippe sitting just in front of him, keeping him exactly where he needed. Uh, but then <clears throat> uh, 
it almost appeared as if Quickstep, Decoding Quickstep, had done a bit too much too soon because they'd lost a, a good number of riders. They're down to just Eve Lampart really trying to protect Mark Cavendish. Uh, and then coming into the last sweeping left-hander to take them towards the finishing straight, um, yeah, nasty crash really. Leading riders just wiped out in a bit of the wet, went straight into the barriers. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't good. I haven't actually seen the full, I mean, we're, over, we're only about 45 minutes or so since the finish, but um, I haven't seen the full repercussions of that, and I think everyone's back up and, and finished, but it wasn't great. It actually detached the front end of the field, which was mostly Ineos led by that point, so we were going into the sprint, but Cav managed to get himself back in. Mark Cavendish used his nitro, if you like, to get back into that leading group, what was a leading group, and then a regrouping, ready for the sprint. I think that's probably where Cav used everything up, because in the end, he, um, where was he? he still top five Cav, but he, he, was, he was rolling in seated, which is normally an indication that... Um, Hang on, my computer's died. I'm going to check the final result. That's normally an indication that he's um, he's not quite able to get out of the saddle and give it the full beams. Um, still rolled in the fifth, though. Uh, Ethan Hayter was the winner. Uh, I should have mentioned that, really, shouldn't I? What an impressive sprint finish. What a brilliant ride by him yesterday on top of the Great Wall, showing his stage racing credentials, credentials overall. But, uh, yeah, an incredibly strong sprint finish ahead of Giacomo Mozzolo. You could argue, on the road, Ethan Hayter's biggest win. Uh, it's a really big win, that. Uh, particularly to win ahead of the likes of, look at the names, Giacomo Mozzolo. Dan McClay had a very good ride in third. Um, and there was an awful lot of work being done by Arkea Santi to get him into the position. So good to see the British sprinter showing himself on home roads. We've not seen that for a while. So that was really impressive. Luke Lamperti of Trinity Racing was fourth, a brilliant sprint by the American rider. And then Cav rolling across the line seated for fifth as well. Um, obviously a change because Ethan Hayter took 10 bonus seconds on the line, meaning that he now leads the race by eight seconds from Wout Van Aert. Julian Alaphilippe still sitting in third though, just those two have swapped over. Alaphilippe sits third, and Mikel Honore fourth, and Mike Woods still in fifth. Tomorrow's stage will be a fascinating one. Three first pack climbs as we cross the Pennines, heading from Carlisle right on the edge of the Lake District over to Gate, Gateshead where the stage finishes right under, and I mean under, almost just to one side of the Angel of the North. So that's going to be an impressive stage, working our way eastward from where we are right now. I have a three hour drive to do this evening in order to get there in my Skoda. I will speak to you all tomorrow. Good morning. So it's Friday on tour. Uh, I am sat in my commentary point in Gateshead overlooking the finish line. I turn to my right and I can see whacking great angel of the north because literally today's finish is right under the shadow of the angel of the north. The stage, Carlisle to Gateshead, 198k, that's 123 miles. Stage 6 of 8 as we make our way to Scotland. This is the last English stage because tomorrow we're headed to Hawick into Edinburgh, so two Scottish stages to finish this off. Um, as a little reminder, coming into today's stage, Ethan Hayter has a slim lead over uh, Wout Van Aert in the general classification. Actually, do you know what? I'm look, looking at the general classification moment. Let me just grab that for you. Um, that is, of course, after taking back the lead again yesterday in yesterday's stage into Warrington. Ethan Hayter, the bunch winner, really impressive as well in that light blue. Uh, sportbreaks.com points jersey he's having an absolutely amazing week Ethan Hayter of course a winner of two stages now if you include the team time trial and yesterday's road stage into Warrington so he's back in the dark blue I'm going to grab my GC where are we GC I don't normally use pieces of paper but I've got it here somewhere um, general classification Ethan Hayter has eight seconds over Wout Van Aert going into this stage and Philippe is 19 seconds back. Mikel Honoré still hanging on to fourth, and Mike Woods, the Canadian, in fifth as well. But that means the best place British rider after Ethan Hayter is Mark Donovan in ninth place for DSM. He's had a quiet but very consistent week so far, Mark Donovan. Um, today's stage takes the riders from the edge of the Lake District. They almost sort of pay homage to the Lake District by rolling back into it, but not taking in any climbs of any significance, but coming straight out again and uh, then making their way basically across the Pennines. In the middle of that Pennine passage, they have three first category climbs. Heartside, Kill Oak Cross, 
and Bertree Fell, all fairly close together. After that, they've got a long, long gradual descent down to Hexham, and then a relatively jagged, but not too testing, uh, run into Gateshead. People are talking about this as if we could see a regrouping after that Pennine Passage and, and, a, and a bunch sprint finish. I suspect this is going to be one of two things. Another day for uh, a lightweight, what should we say? I was going to say lightweight breakaway. Well, let's go with it because I've said it now. But a breakaway that's not considered to be too dangerous to survive. Or if the pelotons do choose to drill it hard across those three first cat climbs, a reduced bunch of uh, general classification riders and strong climbers. My pick for the day, bearing in mind we're about to race into Edinburgh tomorrow and Aberdeen on Sunday, my suspicion is this is the day where some of the general classification riders who are already well placed, like perhaps um, Ethan Hayter, our race leader, might want to have a bit of an easier day. This could be the day that they let a breakaway go, let's see. Either way, if it doesn't and it stays together, out of that leading, bearing in mind it's a big wide finishing straight here, I think there will be a leading group comes in here. And I think the world champion will get his win today. Julian Alaphilippe will be in a leading group of about 25 riders when they come to the line. He'll leave it late and then pop off down one side of the road and win the sprint because Wout van Aert will be saving himself for tomorrow's stage into Edinburgh. Let's see. Well, what a stage. I feel like I say that every day, but genuinely, for stage six from Carlisle to Gateshead, what a surprise. We had um, <clears throat> a Lake District, Lake District uh, kind of homage paid at the beginning of the stage by dipping away from Carlisle, going into the Lake District, taking in some beautiful stone-lined walls. But as soon as we were through there and heading out, <clears throat> we had a really strong leading group, which include, included Mark Cavendish, in the breakaway, which he actually really forged very much himself. Um, let me just look back. I should really get my stats in front of you as well as the other riders. We had uh, eight riders in there initially. Uh, but then, eventually, we were wondering whether they might survive. Um, let me just backtrack and remind you exactly who was in there. No, I won't. You'll have to. Um, Gray will tell you that information because I can't find it now. Um, anyway, they made their way across the Pennines and managed to stay together. As we came off the Pennines, they were caught. When they were, and coming back towards Gateshead, we suddenly had a fantastic attack, or a number of attacks, which brought to the top a leading group of nine riders, uh, which of course included Wout Van Aert, James Shaw, Gonzalo Serrano, Ethan Hayter, Mikel Honoré, all the big names, Dan Martin, Mike Woods. Matteo Jorgensen was in there again, looking very strong and in the end sussing that he had Gonzalo Serrano, the Movistar sprinter with him. So Jorgensen started doing an awful lot of work on the front to try and keep them away. Um, in the end, it came down to a three-man sprint, as it would, on the just ever so slight rise up to the shadow of the Angel of the North here in Gateshead. And it was Wout Van Aert, just ahead of Ethan Hayter and Julian Alaphilippe. So, a brilliant finale, great crowd in Gateshead as well, a really nice flavour to it, and a stage very much three parts, three distinctly different parts. The early stages in the Lake District, looking and feeling so radically different from the open exposed run across the Pennines. But in the end, those three first cat climbs really made not that much difference, because in the end it all came down to the group that was then made when the breakaway across the Pennines was caught. And, uh, those same names coming right to the top, Alaphilippe, Ethan Hayter, and Julian, uh, and uh, Wout Van Aert, I should say, the winner. Taking over the race lead, as I'm sure Gray will tell you in his roundup, uh, Ethan Hayter maintaining his race lead from yesterday. So actually, it's the first time so far in this year's AJ Bell Tour of Britain that we've actually had someone hang on to the race leader's jersey for a second day. Ethan Hayter now looking settled into it, despite the fact that Wout Van Aert took a 10-second bonus. Ethan Hayter himself got six seconds on the line, and he holds on to that lead. Jacob Scott still hanging on to the Skoda King of the Mountains and the Iceberg Sprints jersey. Um, mainly on account of the fact that he has such massive leads in those competitions, but very cleverly, Tim Alverson, his team manager, um, may have had nothing to do with this, but anyway, either way, he had Rory Townsend, the Irishman, for Canyon DHB Sungod in the breakaway, and Rory Townsend, Townsend hoovered up all the Skoda King of the Mountains points and uh, all the Iceberg Sprint points too. So, clever riding by them. 
Great stage here and the last stage in England before we head to Scotland for Saturday and Sunday. My next dispatch to you will be from Edinburgh itself tomorrow morning. Long drive to come, so I'm out of here. See ya. It is Saturday morning on the AJ Bell Tour of Britain with me, Jess Cox, giving you your preview to the penultimate stage now, the final weekend of the whole eight days. And this is the first of two days in Edinburgh, of course, the Saturday stage taking us from Hawick to Edinburgh. And I am in Holyrood Park right now, right alongside the lock, which is on the, the circular road that goes around Holyrood Park and Arthur's Seat itself. Arthur's Seat right behind me. It's a fantastic, iconic location. And a tough run into um, two second cat climbs, really, to tackle that uh, might break things up. The middle one, uh, Stowe Hill, has some particularly steep, steep sections in it as well. Will it be enough to break up our peloton? Hmm, we saw three first cats yesterday for our big, big breakaway of nine riders, that included riders from World Tour teams for the first time. In the end, they were caught and we were served up with this incredible lead group of nine riders uh, that had um, some big favourites in it. In the end, when they came to the line, the only one of them to get dropped off that was Matteo Jorgensen, the American Movistar rider. And of course, a victory yeah, yesterday in... Gateshead for Wout van Aert, the Belgian champion. Uh, it wasn't enough though for him to take back the race lead. He gets a 10 second bonus, but Ethan Hayter, by coming second, gets a 6 second bonus, bonus so only 4 seconds gained there by Wout van Aert. Ethan Hayter hangs on to the race lead going into today's penultimate stage into Edinburgh by just 4 seconds. That's the general classification as it stands. Ethan Hayter leading, Wout van Aert 4 seconds back, and then Juliana Philippe looking like a slightly more distant third now at 21 seconds down. So <laughs> really three very big name riders uh, right in that top three. A couple of things to point out by the way, I've been hearing the last few days more and more talk about Ethan Hayter and the Flanders World Road Championships in just a few weeks time. Um, more and more people starting to talk up his chances. Of course, it's a longer distance. It's a one-day race. It's a big, long one. I don't know the exact distance, but I know it's longer than any of these stages. And uh, Ethan Hayter's still relatively new to stage racing and racing over the very long distances as well. He's looking so, so good, though. My pick for today... Hmm... The run-in over the last 3k is uh, actually slightly downhill once they're into Holyrood Park and having come through Edinburgh itself. I could see this being a sprint finish, actually, at this stage in the race. Yes, I'm going to say we have a bit of a breakaway, a bit more of a traditional day, more of the uh, continental teams and the, and the pro teams making that breakaway. It gets caught. We have a bunch sprint finish. It'll be a win. Oh, I'm gonna have, do I go predictable or do I go left field? <laughs> Probably be a win for Wout van Aert again. Um, maybe uh, Gonzalo Serrano, the Movistar rider, uh, sneaks up on one side of the barriers and gets the win because he's been sprinting well. He was fourth again yesterday as well. And a British rider gets on the podium here today. Well, maybe Mark Cavendish. Let's see. Check back in later. Have a great Saturday, guys. Bye. Well, I'm coming to you from Holyrood Park overlooking the finish line, still in the Scottish sunshine as I look out the back of my commentary point and see the lock there glistening in the sun. Um, another brilliant stage finish. <clears throat> and this time, another surviving breakaway as well because the winner on the line, Eve Lampart from De Koenig Quickstep, had a teammate in there in Davide Ballerini. And once the breakaways settled in, there was very much a sense that uh, Ineos Grenadiers were happy to let it go uh, and just set a very, very steady pace. Uh, Richie Port doing lots of work on the front. And uh, in the end, they were given really too much leash and I think the opportunity for the peloton to have a little bit of a day off as well. The breakaway survived, but in the end, they still only had 1 minute 50, which is the biggest gap so far. 1 minute 50, it had been about 5.5 minutes at the end, but 1 minute 50 in the end as Ethan Hayter, our race leader, and still the race leader tonight, led in uh, the bunch, just pipping Wout Van Aert on the line. Didn't look to me like Wout Van Aert was going full crack, but uh, there were also no bonus seconds to be had anyway, so it was just pride there. But Hayter getting the better of Wout Van Aert and Max Cantor as they came to the line. The remnants of the breakaway, well, Pascal Enkorn was the last of those to roll across the line of the five that survived. 
But the three that went to the finish turned into Holyrood Park and had a brilliant game of cat and mouse. They've been attacking each other again and again and again. And Matt Gibson, riding let's not forget for a team that's ranked two tiers below both Eve Lampert and Matteo Jorgensen, the two riders he was with, was a match to those two all the way through. In the end, he came third, which is an, an amazing result for a guy who's going places and really deserves a step up uh, to at least pro tour, sorry, pro team status or back, uh, even up to the very top of the World Tour. He is that good. Um, I thought he had a really good chance in the sprint there coming in here. But in the end, just the whole effort of the whole day telling a little bit. And he finished only just behind Matteo Jorgensen of Movistar, uh, the young American who came in second. But Yves Lampart's final sprint, very impressive. He and uh, Davide Ballerini rode just a textbook way to ride a race where you have two riders in the breakaway. But really, it was Yves Lampart who was doing all the work. Ballerini was sitting on all the time. And you're always thinking Ballerini was going to be the one that would jump them or just stay with them and beat them all in the sprint. But no, Yves Lampart, the Belgian, former Belgian champion, got his opportunity and took it. Great win for him. And I presume his uh, wife or partner is expecting a baby because he did a wonderful illustration of someone who's pregnant sucking their thumb and stroking his belly. Great win for Yves Lampart. And... Uh, Ethan Hayter survives another day going into the final day tomorrow we're going to be riding from Stonehaven to Aberdeen they're both on the east coast of Scotland very close to each other but we're going inland and then finishing in Aberdeen I'll give you a preview from Aberdeen itself tomorrow morning morning everybody it's Sunday uh, the second Sunday of this AJ Bell Tour of Britain and the final day the final stage of eight I'm talking to you, looking out to sea here in Aberdeen, right on the coast on the Esplanade or Esplanade. Haven't decided which to use yet, so this is my rehearsal. Let's go with Esplanade. <laughs> anyway, um, brilliant stage yesterday. Uh, breakaway that survived, again, a proper breakaway that survived, not a late one, but an actual breakaway that was away most of the time. In the end, the uh, former Belgian road race champion Yves Lampard taking the win and a brilliant ride once again by Matt Gibson of uh, the River World Type Pro Cycling team. Colin Sturgis, his team manager, I'm sure absolutely delighted by another brilliant ride by Matt Gibson. Anyway, more importantly, I guess in a way, going into today's stage, Ethan Hayter has a four second lead over Wout Van Aert. There are, don't forget, three iceberg sprint points today on the stage between Stonehaven to Aberdeen. Each one of them contains three, two and one bonus seconds. Um, so uh, conceivably, if a breakaway were to not go away and Wout Van Aert were to go through them and pick up those points, by halfway through the stage he could be in the virtual lead anyway before coming to the finish. Ethan Hayter has said he doesn't feel there's any way they could beat Jumbo Visma and Wout Van Aert on bonus seconds if that's the way they want to take it. But let's see. Um, my suspicion is, yeah, I can tell you the conditions here are blowy, it's windy, it's much colder than the rest of the weather we've had this week. It's considerably colder. I've got two or three jumpers on here at the finish in Aberdeen. It's been lightly raining or spraying in off the sea for most of the morning so far while we've been setting up and it's now half past ten. I'm watching live pictures of the peloton rolling out, neutralised at the moment. Uh, the jerseys right up at the front, lots of boys from Swift Carbon Pro Cycling, I can see Will Bergfeldt. I can see Chris Latham, I think it is, but lots of Ineos Grenadiers jerseys and De Koenig Quickstep jerseys around here, as well as Jumbo Visma. So my suspicion is we're going to have another breakaway that has World Tour teams in it. Uh, and my prediction, because I saw the Cavendish family yesterday had arrived on tour, I don't think I've seen them so far, but they were at the finish. My prediction is this is the day that the greatest road sprinter of all time, Mark Cavendish, will get his win. It's a perfect, ever so slightly downhill run along the beach here to finish in Aberdeen. And I think we'll have a breakaway that gets caught before it's in here. They've got a very tough early climb, by the way, really tough one early on. Uh, the Kenner Mount, which a lot of uh, local people have told me is an absolute ripper. Um, so that could cause some trouble, but it comes only, what is it, 22K in to the stage. If we can regroup after that, that's what I'm going to go with. A Mark Cavendish win ahead of mm, Wout Van Aert and Ethan Hayter just behind him. What a finale. Uh, it's what the British fans want. I think it's what I want as well. Let's see how it goes. Well, it is just uh, half past three on Sunday afternoon here in Aberdeen. Stage complete, race complete, and uh, for this year's Comeback Tour of Britain, the 2021 edition, 
the full, uh, what have we got, 1,310 kilometers complete, uh, just under 19,000 meters of total ascent across the eight days. And what a finale it was in the end. Now, five breakaway riders for most of the stage were Joaquin Mugualde of um, Cajarural in Spain, Ben Healy and Tom Gloag, both from um, Trinity Racing Team Gloag, of course, from South London, uh, racing as a British rider, and Ben Healy, the Irish champion for Trinity Racing as well. They were in company of Michal Paluta of Poland and the Global Six cycling team, and Robin Carpenter, of course, who won stage two into Exeter and took over the race lead on that occasion. Those guys were caught seemingly predictably with um, what was it, about 14-15k to go. And after that point, the Koenig Quickset looked to set things up. They worked again, a bit like they did into Warrington, a bit too soon to try to bring Mark Cavendish to the win. It didn't quite work for Cavendish. He was very well placed, but ever so slightly, as the race unfolded around him, so he came along the Esplanade in um, Aberdeen here, just sort of boxed in a little bit. And who would win? Well, the person whose book ended and then sandwiched in the middle his wins this week, Wout van Aert, the Team Jumbo Visma, the Belgian champion. He won stage one into Bodwin. He then won the middle of the week stage on top of the Great Orm on Wednesday. And now he's gone and done it again in Aberdeen. Of course, on the line, he took a 10 second bonus. And uh, unfortunately, Ethan Hayter wasn't in second place. If Ethan Hayter had been in second place over the line, then Hayter would have, um, would have, it would have gone down basically. They'd been on equal on time, and it had to go down to stage placings, and that would have been, I've been worked out, that would have been close. Ethan Hayter in the end rolled in 11th. They had a big group of Brits who were packing out that top sort of 15 places. Um, brilliant ride, by the way, I should say today by Rory Townsend in sixth of Canyon's DHB song got again showing his sprinting capabilities. Wout van Aert the winner, and Andre Greipel didn't half run him close, it has to be said. The big German gorilla was very close. At one point he was leading until Wout van Aert came up alongside him and came past him, but very close to Greipel, uh, completing the fact that he would have won um, a stage in every edition of the AJ Bell Tour of Britain he's been to. Anyway, I've really enjoyed sharing these little diary entries with you this week. I do hope you've enjoyed a bit of insight from the roadside. It, um, it stayed dry here in Aberdeen in the end, but I'll tell you what, as I predicted this morning, I didn't open any of the windows of my commentary point because it was pretty cold, that wind blowing in off the sea. Anyway, what a brilliant week's racing. Congratulations to everyone at Sweet Spot and all those partners involved with bringing you the race. I hope lots of you listeners got to see it at the roadside. If you didn't, make sure you check back next year because next year the AJ Bell Tour of Britain starts exactly where I'm sat right now. The Grand Depart will be from the seafront on the Esplanade in Aberdeen. So um, that'll be a really exciting moment next year. Um, in between though guys, the next time you see me, I'll be on Eurosport GCN in the coming weeks. I think the next race I'm doing is in a couple of weeks time. The GP Dinner in France, I'm covering that one with none other than Matt Stevens, I believe. So catch me there and in between do get involved on the socials. Bye. You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at Quicklink Pod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. You can support this show by using the code QUICKLINK when you shop with veloskin.cc for all your chamois cream and skincare needs, and also at efswheels.com where UK customers can get themselves a full set of tubeless-ready full-carbon wheels for under £500. Share the show, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.